Welcome to Live and Love Your Brand, a podcast to support you in sharing your message and mission with the world. I'm your host, Emma Lovell. I'm lovely by name, lovely by nature. I'm a personal branding specialist with a mission to support female entrepreneurs to live and love their brand. I've been running my business, Lovely Communications, for more than 12 years, and I can hand on heart say that my success has come from the strength of my personal brand. I believe in the power of owning and sharing our story. I want to help you own your story, shop consistently, and really put yourself out there. So here on the podcast, you'll find helpful tips, practical exercises, and joyful discussions that will inspire you to reconnect with your brand and communicate it more effectively. I'll be joined by incredible experts to discuss how personal branding can have a huge impact on your business and on your life. I'd love to hear from you, so please make sure to connect over on social media. You can find me on Instagram at lovelycoms, that's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y, double the L means double the life, Facebook, Lovely Communications, and you can join in the conversation in our lovely community, the Live and Love Your Brand Facebook group. Of course, make sure to come back weekly as each new episode drops. I can't wait to share with you how to gain clarity, build confidence, and increase connections all by sharing your unique personal brand with the world. Lovely Communications is based on the Gold Coast and recognises Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the first peoples of this place, now known as Australia. We are grateful for the continuing care of the lands, waterways and skies where we work, live, listen, learn and play. From here on your Gumbe country and from wherever you are listening, we respect the elders past, present and emerging. Thrilled today to present to you Mel Kettle, a leadership communication expert. Mel and I met through blogging uh, many years ago, and I've just loved seeing her work as well as the fact that she's now published two books, which is just so incredible. And in this episode today, we are going to talk about her experience, about how she came to write the books, and all about her new book. But first, I will introduce her. Mel works with leaders and teams to help them communicate with impact so they can achieve real connection and sustained engagement. After surviving the debilitating effects of work-related loneliness, stress and burnout in her late 20s, Mel believes self-leadership is essential to having a great life. Mel loves to talk about menopause and why we need to talk about it at work, food and cooking and books. In 2021, she moved to Calandra on the Sunshine Coast because she wanted to walk to the beach every day. And that is what she's doing. Her two books are Fully Connected and The Social Association. And you can find Mel at melkettle.com. She's also the host of Just As Juicy. Oh, uh, sorry. The She's a writer of the award-winning menopause blog, Just As Juicy, and a host of podcasts, This Connected Life. As you can hear, Mel is a pretty amazing woman and obviously hard to keep track of all the amazing things that she's achieved throughout her career and life. So please enjoy this wonderful episode with Mel and all the gorgeous pearls of wisdom that she shares. Welcome to the Live and Love Your Brand podcast, Mel Kettle. Emma Lovell, so good to see you. <laughs> I love using names. Um, and I was actually listening to something the other day where it said sometimes people, especially if it's on your own channel, you used to just, uh, you think people know you. And so it's really important to say your name. 
Um, I agree. I agree. Every solo episode of my podcast that I do, which I haven't done for such a long time, <laughs> the first words are, I'm Mel Kettle. It's lovely to be here. It's so Thanks empowering. Also. Yeah, it's lovely. And it's nice to introduce yourself, especially I do it at events too because you can't assume somebody remembers your name and it helps them. So speaking of, I hate the word but uh, or the term, elevator pitch, but we're going to go for it. Who are you in your words? Tell us. I'm a leadership communication specialist. I work with leaders and teams to help them communicate, to create real connection and sustained engagement. I love it. That's tight. Well done. Oh, thanks. It's taken me a long time to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you based? I'm in Caloundra on the beautiful Sunshine Coast. Mm. We moved here from Brisbane um, last year, so at the beginning of 20. I don't even know what year it is 2021 um, and we moved here from Brisbane and the reason we moved is because I was on the beach at Bagara which is near Bundaberg mm. central Queensland and first day of our holiday up there said to Sean my husband I want to walk on the beach every day we need to move and about three weeks later we bought the first house we looked at in Caloundra. <laughs> I love that yes choosing your life I think that was a nice thing that came out of COVID that people were like not I can live and especially the way you work yeah exactly we can live anywhere and you're probably I know it's probably easier being in Brisbane in some respects in terms of being in a city but you're not that far and you still got an airport up there and then you know you're probably what an hour to Brisbane yeah it depends on which part of Brisbane it's about an hour 20 into the city and um and that's fine yeah although you know when we moved up here I thought I'd go to Brisbane every month for a day or two and I can't remember the last time I went to Brisbane. I went to see a play about maybe six weeks ago and that was on a Saturday night. So we just drove down and back in the, in the afternoon and in the evening. Um, but I've got, I've got a couple of Brisbane trips coming up before the end of the year. And it's I'm really it's, looking forward to catching up with people again. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice being a local and getting to really um, be in your area and, and choose life. Um, Absolutely. You're going to say how we met. I'm trying to think now. I'm pretty sure it was through blog, the blogger conference and the oh, blogger yes, group. Yes, it was. Yes, yes. It feels like a million years ago. It was one of the best conferences that I, I got on at the tail. I seem to be doing this. I must be the curse for these conferences. <laughs> when I go to them for the first time, as they exist, they change the next year. So I've just been to CopyCon and they're changing their format next year. <laughs> But it was great. Still running it. Uh, Blogger, ProBlogger was just such a fantastic event. Darren Rouse and his team just did an exceptional job. And that really, for me, set the standard in conferences mm. and um, particularly the couple of years that it was at the RACV City Club. It was just amazing. And I think I went for four years or maybe three or four years. And yeah, I loved it. I met so many really interesting people, learned a huge amount. And, um, yeah, it's sad that they don't go anymore. Well, such a diversity too because there were people, um, you know, the common thread was the blogging or the writing and then but the nature of, you know, the industries and the topics were just so varied and despite the fact that you speak, you know, you're, you speak about leadership and, you know, you work with people at social media and, and you do this co uh, consulting and, and workshops, you have this whole other side that you do with your blogging and your podcasting, don't you? 
Yeah, yeah. I don't really blog so much anymore. Um, I've closed, well, I haven't closed my food blog, but it's still there. And every now and then I'll Google myself to find a recipe for something that I know is on there. <laughs> but I Things past me my... for helping me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's like, oh, yes, I want those sausage rolls again. <laughs> How did I make them? <laughs> so um, but I do blog on my Mel Kettle um, business website. And so that's something that, you know, I just, it, it, I think it, uh, when you're in business, it's important to have a voice. Mm. And I think it's really important to share that voice as widely as you can so that people get to know you for your expertise and um, with the more that you share your you know your thought leadership and your opinions and your values and what you believe in with the industry in which you work then the more people can see that you really are the real deal and you're mm. not some shy star who has just set up their shingle um, hung up their shingle because with the latest thing and you mentioned social media particularly saw that in the early days of social mm. media, the number of people who set themselves up as social media experts because they had a successful Facebook page for their hairdressing salon or their accounting practice used to just drive me insane. Yes, yes. Yeah, I had people come and say, oh, I'm going to like go out to clients and, you know, how do you do it? And I've, I've run, you know, so I'm like, what's your experience? And they're like, yeah, my, here's my page. I'm like, you cannot use your own. Like, it's great to have one. And I think you should practice what you preach and demonstrating, but you need to have evidence of other work. And obviously you need to start somewhere, but one, you know, one experience does not yeah, make an exactly. expert. <laughs> you, need to, you need to understand communication and you need to understand strategy and you need to understand um, obviously you need to understand how each of the tools work and how they are all so different. Like each so social media channel has a different purpose and um, guessing that there's not going to be too many hairdressers or accountants that can explain what those purposes are for each of them. Yeah, isn't it? Well, yeah, so <laughs> Mel and I both have that common thread of having the experience of helping people with their social media and it's funny because you sort of, even if you, I don't know if you ever did, but you question yourself, you go, do I really know that much? And then you work with someone, you're like, oh, yeah, I do. <laughs> you're like, have you thought about this? Have you done about that? And you're like, this is just second nature, right? And it's like, it's not second nature, that strategic side. And sometimes I get annoyed. I have not come from a corporate background. So it was interesting reading some, reading your book, which we'll get to in a second. And just some of the like corporate experiences, I was like, I just don't know that world. Mm. I've done a very few contracts in-house, but, um, but like, yeah, sometimes there's buzzwords, and I think it just, it just comes naturally. Um, I don't know. I, I yeah, I'm like, what is strategy? I sometimes even look up what strategy means because it's just overused word. And then I'm like, what does it mean? I'm like, oh yeah, okay, well we're doing that. It's fine. But <laughs> yeah, it is. And you know, I um, worked in one early in my career. I organized conferences and events, and I had a degree in tourism management. And then when I got a job as the marketing manager for the Brisbane Festival, I had massive imposter syndrome because I thought, what do I know about marketing? <laughs> <laughs> and um, did a really good job in that job, but it took a while to get over that imposter syndrome. And then the following year, I, I got another great job um, in government doing communication and marketing. And I was so, I thought I need to get some qualifications. And so I went to, back to uni and did a master of business in marketing. and. What was really interesting is 
as we were doing the, the, the fundamental marketing subjects, I was sitting in the classroom thinking, okay, I do know all this. Mm. Oh, thank God, I do know all this. And it's nice to have that um, degree and that piece of paper to give me the credibility, but it wasn't so much the credibility for my employer and my future clients. It was the credibility in my mind that I was doing the right thing, um, even though I was operating off and on gut instinct and not because I didn't have an understanding of the research and the data and the theories. So it was good to know that, yeah, I hadn't led any of my employers down the wrong path. <laughs> but there is a, yeah, there is a structure. And I remember my mom saying to me, like, I don't even know why you went to university. You could have just started your business straight away. And I was like, because there's a language and there's a, a structure and a process that helped. Um, also, it was heaps of fun going to uni <laughs> when Absolutely. I, said, you know, like, part. yeah, that bit was fun. But it was, you know, I think there is a value to like when that, yeah, the process and this, that terminology and the, you know, even though I may not be practicing in that way, when you're speaking to someone, it's like, oh, yeah, cool. We're on the same page. I understand what you're talking about. And especially I found when I take on people, you know, to support me with my own um you know marketing initiatives I can I know the language to speak and um understand you know even though I don't want to do the nitty-gritty of it I think there is mm. there is a real um theory and, and basis that is very supportive so absolutely and when you're hiring somebody to help you with your marketing or with with anything in your business or in your organization whether it's marketing accounting operations management you know HR you can't be expected to know everything, but it's so important to have a basic knowledge so you know what questions to ask, mm. you know what the buzzwords are. So when you hear them, you can immediately ascertain whether or not they're using buzzwords to be impressive or whether they're using buzzwords because they actually understand what they mean. And, you know, for a long time, I've spent an enormous amount of energy telling my clients and other people, these are the questions you need to be asking if you are hiring a social media person mm. or if you're hiring a comms person or a marketing person um, because it's so easy for anybody to say, I can communicate, I can help you with your communication or I've got Facebook or Instagram, I can help you. And it's only when you, um, you know, drill down to and ask questions around not only what have they done but how, what would they do in certain situations or what would they... Um, you know, why, what would they use Facebook for or Instagram for or LinkedIn for and what are the differences? And that's when you can really work out who knows what they're talking about and who doesn't. And unfortunately, I think there's been a lot of people burned by um, agencies yeah. and um, that cookie cutter approach um, and not Absolutely. understanding how to make yeah. how to make it more yeah. personalised and how to... Yeah. And I loved that when we, before we even got on, um, one of the first things you said is that's not in line with my personal brand. And I was like, yay, <laughs> you are like, you are like Mel's so strong with this. And it was one of the reasons I, she was one of, it's taken us a bloody long time. We're up to like in the fifties episodes, but she was one of the first people I thought of because you are such a thought leader and you are so clear. Um, and you are really great at putting your opinion forward and you talk you know, I'm glad we've covered that as well, that you, you do talk about a number of different things. I think that's mm -hmm. what people worry about. They're like, oh, now I do social media. I can only ever talk about social media. I can't write a book about connection, you know, or mm -hmm. I can't talk about perimenopause or food. Like you just have already like given us a bunch of different things in your history. Yeah. But 
you're totally okay with that, that they're part of you. I think people get so like, oh my God, but I, di- I used to be that and now I'm this. How do I talk about it? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I I know we've talked about social media, but I don't actually do that work anymore. No. Um, One of my friends said to me, I know this is old work for you, but can you help me with this? And I'm always happy to have conversations about it. And, you know, I get a lot of people who still approach me and say, could you help me with Facebook or could you help me with LinkedIn? And I always say, I'm really happy to have a conversation because you never know where it might go. And, um, you know, one of my clients, I was referred to him as um, somebody who could help him with his LinkedIn profile. Turns out that actually wasn't what he needed, Mm. a small part of it. But what he needed was support in um, helping him understand how he needed to build relationships with a wide group of stakeholders after being promoted into a really senior role in an organisation where he'd worked for a long time. And so how did he need to change those relationships now that he became the boss? And, there you go. And, but, but again, you know, I'm, my social media knowledge hasn't gone. So if somebody says, could you, can we have a five-minute chat about a problem on Facebook? I'm like, yeah, we can. And let me refer you to somebody else to actually fix that problem for you. Do you also just say buy my other book? <laughs> well, if they're an association, you would. But... That's actually very true and I do sometimes do that <laughs> I brought my but, book uh well I I got my dad I was like you know take the initiative my dad to buy your book because he's the CEO of an association I was like this will help yeah, you I do remember that yes, <laughs> yes um and I do I have given a lot of people that book um where they need help or said to them here you can buy this one um but that doesn't give the nitty-gritty like that book's much no. more about how do you um use social media in a strategic way as opposed to how do you, what are the nuts and bolts of a face of a social media channel that you choose to use? Yeah. And so when did you make the shift? What, what, what sort of, I mean, it's, I think it's been gradual, hasn't it? But yeah, what, it has. Yeah, to what you're focusing on now. Uh, probably about, um, well, my first book, The Social Association, came out in 2018. And by the time the book came out, I was so sick of working in that space. <laughs> So they say that when you write a book, you've got to be prepared to talk about it for like two years and to the yep. point of being being maybe sick yep. of it. And fortunately with my current book, Fully Connected, which came out in July or in June, I love talking about that book and I don't think I'll ever get sick of it. Yeah. <laughs> but the social association, I probably started the transition um, in 2019. And mm. actually I've been talking about leadership and self-leadership for my whole business time but it hasn't been a focus a public focus but it's always been something I've talked about with all of my clients how do you manage your time how do you manage your energy how do you um have an improved level of self-awareness so that people perceive you as you want to be perceived yeah and it was something yeah that stood out straight away and, and that's how you introduced the book that it was something that you've um you have talked about and you have had in your mind, but you sort of, you know, it might be putting words in your mouth, but it was, you said it was kind of like, you didn't feel like, were you really the person to be telling that, but it kept kind of coming up. And then it was through conversation with people that was like, no, no, you need to talk about that. That's it. Again, evil little imposter syndrome. That yeah. voice on the shoulder saying, you're not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Cause I mean, you do, you model that, you role model that really well, but sometimes it is difficult to step outside of ourselves and, and see that and so 
maybe in a nutshell, because um, we've probably just sort of said <laughs> around it. I have the book right here, which is awesome. I love the colours on the front. They really speak thank to me, you. so thank you. We've uh, <laughs> got some purples, pinks and a teal, which is on your wall as well, actually. That's quite on brand. Well done. It is, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even, like, isn't it weird when you don't even realise? You're like, that's on brand for you. And you're like, oh, my God, I don't even, like, it, yeah, it must be so subconscious. Anyway, Fully Connected, how did it? Tell us a little bit, summary, what's it about? So Fully Connected, the subtitle is How Great Leaders Prioritise Themselves, Reclaim Their Energy and Find Joy. And it came about through um, my personal experience in my late 20s of having complete overwhelm and burnout because I didn't prioritise myself. I worked 80 hours a week mm. and um, travelled a fair bit. And when I had any spare time, I just, you know, ate takeaway, drank wine and slept. Um, and so unsurprisingly, I collapsed in a screaming heap. And it took me a really long time to recover physically and mentally from that. Over the last probably 10 to 15 years, I've had my own business for 16 years. And for the majority of that time, I've worked with communication teams and leadership teams who have all been exhausted and mm. who have the pressure to do more with less, um, to cope with changes in internally and within their broader industry in which they operate. And they're just so many of them I see sort of on their, um, you know, they're just, they're, they don't really know how to prioritise themselves. They say yes to everything. They don't understand a lot of the time how to manage up, particularly mm. when you start your career you want to be seen as somebody who's helpful and useful and so you say yes to everything which can be really detrimental to yourself because you know to quote Paolo Coelho when you say yes to other people you're saying no to yourself yes so I um, have draw on a lot of experience and my personal experience and my clients experiences uh, and the experiences of my family and friends as well and just think radio what do we need to do so that we have the energy that we want to do the things that fulfill us professionally and personally and how do we find joy in that um i wrote this book during covid and i have written i wrote multiple versions of it before we got to the version that was published and um one of the reasons again i didn't really want it to be the covid book but COVID mm. exacerbated so many of those feelings and so many people I know, particularly people who live alone, worked longer and harder during the first, particularly in 2020 yeah. and partway into 2021 when we were in lockdowns because they didn't have anything else to do. They couldn't go outside. They couldn't catch up with their friends. All of their normal sporting and social commitments were were cancelled or were shifted online yeah and so the level of exhaustion and stress and anxiety just seemed to escalate and it um it really struck me that more than ever people need that time to find to reconnect with themselves and to find the joy in their lives again because there were just so many deeply deeply unhappy people yeah, and I think, yeah, there was no disruptor was there in those first, especially in those early months, and I had the same. I just found I was just, there's, and as, you know, I know the the book talks a lot about some of those, um you know, I'd say corporations or companies where, and you've got teams and managers and leaders, but, you know, you can totally see it reflected in a small business owner who is playing all of the roles and answering to themselves as the boss, who is, you know, quite some, quite a, 
a bitch sometimes, <laughs> my boss. Um, and, you know, but like there was just like, oh, there's always something to do. There's hours in the day. I'm at home. I may as well keep doing it. And I found that I also subscribe sometimes if I'm contracting with a client who's on a nine to five schedule that I just end up slipping into their schedule. And it's like, no, I work for myself. And I actually, during 2020, started giving myself Wednesdays off. And I talk about it quite publicly because I was just like, why? Why do I need to work five days? And and even now, it'll just slip, like, it gets just creeps in. Oh, I need to bring in more clients or I'd like to achieve more. Oh, I should work more hours. Maybe I'll give up this day. And I, I luckily got the awareness to quickly snap out of it. And it's like, sitting at my desk for longer does not mean I will be more productive. Like, you know or achieve more I just Mm. you know will be more tired and and how valuable and important you know to the point where now my Wednesday sometimes my body just doesn't let me work like I'll get really tired that day or I'll get sort of sick and it just forces me to rest and I cannot do work it's like the universe is like no 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 it's your Wednesday that's it yeah I love that and I think oh, like I'm the same I um sat down the other day and I sat, started to map out and time box my year for next year what do I want to do mm. and the first thing that goes onto my 12-month calendar and planner is um the first thing that are the commitments for clients who've already paid me obviously and we've got dates locked in but then the second thing is time off so when are the holidays that I want and Sean and I have a week off every quarter Um, he works shift work and has a physically demanding job and so it's really important for him to take that physical break and it's really important for me to take the mental break so Mm. um, we haven't mapped out what those dates next year will look like but we've just had two weeks off uh, and I just came back feeling so refreshed so you know we put things in like um, volunteering commitments and fa- and holidays and weeks off and I don't tend to work on Mondays and Fridays with client facing work mm. and I don't really very very rarely do meetings or anything before 10 a.m. Um, although this one's at nine. I know. Thank so, you. Making you know, the exception. Just... <laughs> just snuck in. And I do. I mean, I, Fridays I have more flexibility to do things earlier. Um, but Mondays I don't normally start work until two o'clock in the afternoon. So, you know, I live at the beach. I go for a walk every morning or every afternoon on the beach. And um, Mondays I like to start slow. So we'll go for a walk. We'll have a coffee. We might go out for breakfast. And, you know, sometimes I might sit down at my desk before two o'clock, but I give myself permission that the earliest I need to is after lunch. Yeah. And then I normally only do two or three hours and then that's it. Um, and that's usually looking at the week ahead, working out, um, doing any admin that needs to be mm. done, doing a bit of planning for the week. Um, sometimes I might write my newsletter on a Monday, although I'm really going to try and have a whole lot banked up for next year. So I've got that time freed up. And, you know, the other thing I don't really do most days is anything before 10 a.m. Although with daylight savings, it tends to be 9 a.m. because yeah. most of my clients are in Sydney and Melbourne. Um, and But again, there's flexibility. So if a client says, I know you don't normally do Fridays or Mondays, but the only day that works for us is Monday, then I'll say yes most of the time. <laughs> It's um yeah like that's the value isn't it and I I've taken on that model too of the Monday because I just realized I hated Mondays I, like I really you know and it was didn't look forward to it and so it's the same thing start start with something nice I now meet my um VA for a coffee luckily she lives close so we go and have a coffee powwow the week 
try and take my son for a walk in the morning if the weather's not bad or at least play with him and, you know, start gently. And I have a few networking calls that day, but otherwise, yeah, it's really admin-y and very rarely unless, especially, you know, with the podcast, sometimes people can only do certain times. Otherwise, it's like, no, I'm not having meetings that day. I'm not feeling like I have to do deliverable work that day because you do need that space. But I really loved um, one part I just want to highlight is that um, in the book you talked about sort of an awakening that you had um, you, you know, it really spoke to me because you went on a, a big trip on your own and I love travel. So doing that on your own, giving that gift to yourself, but then this that 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 trip led to the awakening of how much lack of self-care you had. Oh, you just, yeah. Oh, that, that was such an amazing holiday. Um, I went to Europe and the US for seven weeks and I went on my own. Um, my husband was supposed to meet me in the US, but then for various reasons at the last minute he couldn't. And... I hadn't planned on going for seven weeks. I'd planned on going for five, but then friends set in, in Canada said, oh, we could meet you in San Francisco for a week, but not till this week. And I went, oh, yeah, okay, great. <laughs> but what I realized on that holiday is that I hadn't had that much time on my own for probably 10 or 12 years. And it was just such, um, it gave me so much opportunity to think about what's really important to me. And what do I really value? And I had a bit of a meltdown, um, which I talk about in the book, on one of the days when I was in Istanbul and just thought, um, there's so many things in my life that aren't giving me happiness and joy. And, you know, some of the clients that I was working with at the time had really different values to me. Mm. Some of the people in my life had really different values to me. And so I came back from that trip and made some fairly big changes. And one of the changes is that I got rid of nearly all of my clients because yeah, wow. I was either, I was, our, our time had come to an end mm. and, you know, I really valued them at the time, but I was evolving and my practice was evolving and the work I was doing for them wasn't work that I wanted to keep doing. And um, I'm really grateful that opportunities came to fill in the gaps for the people who I had waved goodbye to. And they will, won't they? When you when you trust, I think that there's so much fear around that. But when you, like, you know, I remember even a few months ago and whether you believe in the woo-woo or not the universe, but I was like, I'm asking for, I was asking for work, I was asking for income. And when I looked at it, I was like, I don't even have the space or capacity right now. I couldn't even serve my client right now if somebody came in. So it was like, yeah. what needs to change? How, do, how am I working that needs to change, whether that's, um, you know, I'm doing too much stuff for, for free or, I'm, I don't know, I'm not making the best use of my time or where am I and just doing that bit of an audit of, of what you're doing. And it was like, you know, and maybe it was even like where's the self Am I getting enough sleep? Am I? And it so, seems counterintuitive but sometimes like, you know, going for that walk mm. or taking that day off, you can come back four times as productive as if you just push through. Oh, absolutely. The job that I had where I used to work 80 hours a week, I would go for a swim three or four lunch times a week. I, my office was in Sydney and we were right near um, a leagues club that had an, inter, an indoor pool. And so I said to my boss, do you mind if I take a two hour lunch break three times a week so that I've got time to walk up to the pool, have a swim, you know, then, you know, wash my hair, dry my hair, get dressed, come back and have something to eat. And he said, no, of course not, because I was in the office from seven till seven every day. Yeah. And those days that I went for a swim, 
I was so much more energized in the afternoon than I was any other day. Um, the other thing I noticed on the days that I had a swim, I'd have a really healthy lunch. Mm. I'd be much more likely to have to bring my lunch from home or to have a salad than I would to have something like McDonald's, which was, you know, the closest place to the office to get food. So there's so many benefits when you take that time to look after yourself. It's that habit stacking, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. The other thing I noticed on those days is that I slept really well that night and this job was really stressful and if I had five hours sleep a night, I was lucky. Mm. But those nights I'd go to bed earlier because I'd be more physically tired. And um, so every part of me benefited from that. Yeah. Uh, So good. It's so good. Thank you. There's been so many. I mean, there's so much more in the book. Um, I've already got uh, one friend definitely at the moment. I'm like, I'm you need this book, you need this book ASAP because it's just that she's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm not coping. I'm not coping. And it's like, just, you need to choose yourself. And I, it's hard. Um, this good friend has, you know, a, two children, husband, dog, life, plus roles, plus volunteering, da da But it's like, again, it's just that choice and it feels hard at the time, but it's so important. And when you start to put those boundaries in place as well, people start to learn. I have clients who tell me, why are you writing to me? It's Wednesday. <laughs> like, I can choose. I'm like, if I don't tell you now, I'll forget. But thank you for respecting, like, and knowing. <laughs> but it, like, people, you educate people, and they're like, oh no, sorry, it's your swimming. You know, it's your swimming day. You can't, you can't go. Or I know you don't work Sundays. You know, just like you said, you get to choose the odd time that you go. No, well, like I know that if I work this Wednesday, that means that when I go on my three week holiday, I'm going to have a really good time because I've got more done. So that's a choice. Exactly. But it's not that feeling like you don't have an option. You don't have, you can't even take a breath because there's so much to do. And it's really hard. Um, Women in particular are often brought up to be people pleasers and to Mm. serve others. And so it can be really difficult, particularly when you feel a sense of responsibility to your family and your children and your employer and the, the volunteering commitments that you've made. It It's really difficult to suddenly say, I can't do this or I don't want to do this. Um, And one of the things that I say to all of my clients is find something that you love and do it every day. And, you know, do something that you love that's just for you every day. And it might only be something that takes five minutes. Like it might be getting one of my clients gets up 15 minutes earlier in the mornings now so that she can have a quiet cup of tea before anybody else in the house gets up. And that's her that's often the only 15 minutes of a day that she has with nobody else around her. And she really values that because it helps her gather her thoughts and prepare for the day ahead. Um, Another one of my clients has put a not negotiable going in for a bike ride every afternoon and, or walking the dog or, you know, there's, you know, what makes you happy and you know, what brings you joy. And so, what is it that you can do in your day every day so that you have that thing that you love to look forward to every day? Oh, I love it, Mel. And you're really role modeling it. It's really great. And I love how, you know, how much you share in the book of your own experience and like really great case studies um, and examples so that people can see themselves in the story and see their friends in the story and have conversations. But can we just give one tip for an audience, our audience if they're looking to get started with being more connected? It's a big question. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. There's 
there's so many things. I think the, the biggest, if you want to understand yourself better, then have a good think about what are your values and what are your priorities? So what are the most important things to you in your life right now? And these things change as we mm. go through life. And I know the things that were most important for me in my life in my 20s are definitely different today. Um, and partly that was because in my 20s I was single and now I'm not. Mm. In my 20s I didn't have a mortgage. And, yes. Well, I, I don't actually have a mortgage anymore because um, I, we've paid it off. But for a long time we did. And so, yeah. you know, that was a priority was to make sure there was enough money to pay the mortgage. Um, but, you know, work out what's most important to you. And it might be building your business or it might be your, your partner or it might be your children or it might be your pet or it might be having time alone on a regular basis um, or it might be having stronger relationships with other family members or friends. Only you can answer that. Yeah. So and once you've identified what that is, then have a think about how can you spend more time to make that better. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's so true. So many times you say, oh, I really value this and it's so important to me. And, and then not even doing the thing that you say you love. And that was a lovely, simple tip as well, just to rediscover the thing that you love. And that doesn't have to be, I think people, everyone's like, oh, I should do yoga because it's relaxing. I don't love yoga. I prefer Pilates or like you said, walk. Like I don't, I've got actually literally got a candle here that says meditate. For me, doing a walk is sometimes more meditative than oh, absolutely wood sitting on a couch and especially because okay. I yeah if I've got a huge big issue that's really worrying me then I'll bake and I'll bake something really complicated so that I can't think about the thing that's worrying me I can just focus on the recipe because any bakers will know there's not much wiggle room for no. steaks Unlike if you're cooking a chicken curry, you can leave out the onion and that's fine. But if you're cooking a cake and you forget to put the eggs in, like I've done, <laughs> cake will not taste very good and yeah. it'll bounce. <laughs> well, um, please do call me next time you're stressed because I love cake. So I would love to go. <laughs> I don't like you being stressed, but I would love to eat the cake. So, um... See, I actually don't like to eat cake. So I do baking and then it's like, who do I give it to? Yeah, good. I wish we weren't a couple of hours away from each other. I would be around more often how do we get in contact with you mel what's the best way to find you oh the easiest way is through my website melkettle.com um, i'm also on linkedin instagram and twitter and if you google mel kettle you'll find me in lots of different places because she's so good at sharing her personal brand i love it um the book is great mel well done fully connected lots of awesome reminders in there thank you thank you for the, what you shared but also um yeah, thanks for being you and for showing up as you. It's such, the role modelling is wonderful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today for another episode of Live and Love Your Brand. I'm so grateful that you've shared your time by listening today. That means so much to me. And if you're loving what you're learning, I would be so appreciative if you'd leave a review, rate this podcast and subscribe. It really shows me that you care, but it also helps other listeners to find us too. Again, please be sure to connect with me. I love hearing from you and getting to know your story. You can connect with me on Instagram at lovelycoms, Facebook, Lovely Communications, and please do join the gorgeous community, Live and Love Your Brand, our Facebook group. 
Or if you're ready to take action now and want to improve how you show up in the world with your brand, then head on over to lovelycommunications.com. Again, lovely is L-O-V-E-L-L-Y, communications.com to learn how you can work with me. My clients have gone on to experience opportunities that they could never have dreamed of. From starting businesses to taking leadership in their own life, they have found the confidence to stand in who they are and to go wholeheartedly after what they truly want in life. And I want that for you too. If you're ready to invest in yourself and reconnect with who you are, then let's chat. Thank you again for listening. Now go into the world and share the beauty that is the uniqueness of you. Catch you next week, lovely.